0: Do you know that there is only one God in three eternal persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do you know that Jesus said He is the only way to heaven, and His death and resurrection bring forgiveness of sins to all who believe? Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study God's Word, the Bible, together. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Today we're talking about America's desperate need for revival, and I mean it's desperate. Listen to this. Back in 1996, 27% of Americans were in favor of gay marriage. Today the Gallup poll is just out, 70% of Americans are in favor of homosexual marriage. America has lost its faith in God, it's lost its biblical roots. We are in desperate need of revival and biblical preaching. So I thought I'd bring in an expert today. This is Robert Allen. Hi, Robert. Hello, Tom. He's written a book on Billy Sunday. Have you ever heard of Billy Sunday? He was a man that God used to bring revival to America in the early 1900s. And so let's get into uh, revival. What is it? How do we get it? And uh, let's start, Robert, by just asking, you know, before there was Billy Graham, right. there was Billy Sunday. Right. And he was in the late 1800s. Uh, he died in, what, 19- 1935,
1: 36. And he preached North till South. he died for right. decades.
0: Right. Tell us who he was. All right. Yeah.
1: He began as an athlete, a baseball player. Uh, with the Chicago White Stockings, mm-hmm. known as the fastest man in baseball. He could round the bases in 27 seconds flat from a dead standstill. Mm-hmm. Now, the bases were only 60 feet apart instead of 90 feet okay. in those days, so yeah. it makes a difference. But Billy Sunday uh, was a typical ball player, typical athlete, talented, and yet uh, one who was really lost to alcoholism, as so many of his fellow men were. So they were down in, uh, in Chicago, drunk, on the street corner, and heard a group from the Pacific Garden Mission. Billy left his friends, went to the mission, over a period of time, learned about the gospel, accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. Mm-hmm. And that began a totally new life for Billy Sunday.
0: Mm-hmm. And was he famous then? He at this was
1: point? Um, only famous as a baseball player. Okay. Really, then he nothing to, beyond that.
0: He but, converts to Christianity, right? Eventually, holds these big crusades like Billy Graham did.
1: Eventually, right? does yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. and. He would do like Billy Graham would do too, have people come forward and receive Christ, is that right? Right, right. And then he was a Presbyterian, you said. He was so, a Presbyterian So he believed true. in the Trinity and salvation by grace alone and Absolutely. All, the, all the distinctives. Absolutely. So, I mean, Billy Graham used to, when people got saved, he tried to get them in a church, but he wouldn't tell them which church. The same with Billy Sunday, or?
1: Uh, Billy Sunday was usually invited to town by a group of pastors. Okay. His first meeting in Garner, Iowa, He was invited by the Presbyterian, the Baptist, and the Methodist. Okay. And that pattern followed for really all through his ministry. Okay. Um, But he would uh, invite people to come to hit the sawdust trail, is what they called it. He would build these huge tabernacles, wooden tabernacles, and because they were so noisy, they'd spread sawdust all over the floor. So when people came forward, they'd call it hitting the sawdust trail. Okay. They would send them into a room, counsel with them give them materials, written materials, concerning how to be saved and how to grow in Christ. And then the follow-up was left to the churches.
0: Okay, then they get in church. And he was a very dramatic
1: preacher. Very dramatic so preacher, I'm going to. Yeah.
0: Robert's gonna, he did this before the, the cameras rolled. Robert's gonna give you an example of how Billy Sunday preached. Go ahead.
1: I hate sin. I'll kick it as long as I've got a foot. I'll fight it as long as I've got a fist. I'll bite it as long as I've got teeth. I'll bite it as long as I've got a head. Come on, I'm old and fistless and footless and toothless. I'll gum it till I go home to glory and it goes home to prediction.
0: <laughs> there you go. And so, I mean, I don't, do you know anybody that's that dramatic today in their preaching?
1: I really don't. There are people who like i did imitate billy sunday i used to travel (laughs) Uh with monodrama where i would age from about seven years of age until death yeah and part of that i would do 15 minutes of his famous boozer get on the water wagon sermon okay and that was part of what i I did there
0: and so was he successful? Like, I would desperately love it if the church, sadly, the culture has invaded the church mm, in America. Right. I'd love it if the church invaded the culture. You know, we, we talk about this on our TV show a lot. We've got whole denominations that used to be Christian denominations, right. promoting homosexuality, abortion rights, everything else. Did Billy Graham, have, uh, Billy Sunday have success influencing his culture through his preaching?
1: The big issue of that day was prohibition. Uh, the nation was caught up in the whole matter of the problems that came along with alcoholism, and that was one of the big issues that Billy Sunday addressed. Uh, he had had a problem with it himself, and therefore he made it part of his preaching. When he would come to town, oftentimes after that, when a vote was taken, the town or the county would vote dry. Oh. When prohibition came about, he was credited to some extent, maybe even a large extent, with having brought that to okay, pass. Okay,
0: so it, he had influence, oh, that we would. Right. And I mean, uh, to me, wouldn't it be wonderful if a revival broke out in New York San Francisco, Las <laughs> yes, Vegas. Absolutely. But you're, tell us now about the revival that Billy Sunday did in New York City in 19... 1917. Explain in that, 1917, please. 1917.
1: Billy had been preaching for many years. He had been to most of the major towns, but he'd never been to New York City. They had not had a revival in New York City since uh, Moody and Sankey were there some 40 years before. But a hundred pastors in town invited him to come they prepared for this meeting for over a year. They held 7,000 cottage prayer meetings, over 100,000 people. was a cottage, cottage prayer meeting? Cottage prayer meeting. They would open, someone would open their home. Okay. They'd serve maybe tea. And they'd pray. And they'd pray. Okay. And they did that in 7,000 different homes wow. across New York City. And? They built this huge tabernacle and announced the meetings. He came to town in April. On a Saturday in April, we entered World War One. Oh. The president declared war on the Axis powers. Mm. That was a Saturday. Sunday morning, the ten-week campaign in New York oh. City oh. began. Wow! They had a parade. so it was a
0: difficult time to start a crusade.
1: It was a difficult time, but it was God's time because people knew their it. boys were going off to war. Okay. And they actually recruited in the tabernacle. Oh! They set up recruiting stations and recruited. Men to fight and in that the was, That was a ten itself. week thing? Ten week campaign. And
0: was it successful? Did people come to Christ or?
1: They estimate that hundred thousand people walked the Sawdust Trail.
0: Wouldn't that be wonderful in New York City yes. today? Yeah. Oh. Um, so
1: that that has become the subject of another book yes, that go I've ahead. written. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a novel which is just coming out.
0: Yes, called uh,
1: it's called Sunday in New York. All right. And it is concerned with that 10-week campaign Wonderful. that he had there. At the New end we'll tell people how sure. they
0: can get that. Um, now Robert the s- now and then there's uh, TV evangelist scandals and mm-hmm. stuff. Was Billy Sunday pretty Okay, till the end of his life? Was there any big scandal or anything? There
1: really was no great scandal. Hallelujah. Uh, connected yep. with. It. There were some accusations made at times. You know, he broke a contract with this person or who, you know, that type of thing. Uh-huh. One of the reasons is because his wife, Nell, he affectionately called her Ma. Okay. Ma Sunday. She traveled with him all the time. Oh, she did. In fact, she, many people believe, ran the campaigns okay. behind the scenes. Okay. A uh, very excellent, talented woman.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and did Billy Graham ever meet him, do you know? Not to my knowledge. And if he died, in what year did? Died about 35, And when did Billy Graham start?
1: Uh, Billy Graham came to prominence uh, in, in about 48,
0: 48, I believe. Okay, okay. What is the difference between our evangelism today and the way Billy Sunday did it? Any big difference, or?
1: I guess the biggest difference is that we depend so much now on media. Okay. Uh, he had to depend on the newspapers. Yeah. Which often would run his total sermon, print his total sermon. Wow. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't then, do that in no. Minneapolis, I'll tell
0: you. Okay. <laughs> and then
1: he had to, he built these huge tabernacles. Okay. Which attracted attention, but it also
0: were they um, collapsible and they could take them elsewhere? Well,
1: they were they were made in such a way that he said they were safe because any, no board was held with more than two nails. Okay. And if there were a problem, which there never was, uh-huh. you could go right through the walls Gotcha. And,
0: and get out. Okay, what was his main message? What, what was the gospel for Billy Sunday?
1: The gospel for, for Billy Sunday was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ.
0: 1 Corinthians 15. Absolutely. We're saved only by the death, burial, and resurrection right. of Jesus Christ, good. Yeah good and um, so and it, it, today we have evangelism some what's revivalism? What's the difference between evangelism where we talk about the death and resurrection of Christ for our salvation and what is revivalism?
1: To me the biggest difference comes in the idea of the person who's involved. Uh, An evangelist in my mind, and I think others have said this too, an evangelist in my mind is similar to what we think of as a missionary. Okay. And a New Testament evangelist went to an area like Paul did. He stayed, he preached the gospel, and stayed long enough to get people together in a church. Okay. A revivalist, in our day and age particularly, will go to an existing church, stay for maybe a week, uh, when I was a kid, it was two weeks, but mm-hmm. usually now it's, it's one week, and uh, actually worked to revive the church in order that they might become evangelists. Okay. It's interesting in terms of Billy Sunday because he would not give a public invitation until he'd been in a situation for several days. In the case of New York City, it was two weeks. Oh. So his first two weeks, he was inviting his- people to bring others bring your friends, bring the people who work for you, bring, they would actually have delegations who would come from a um, warehouse or from a a bell telephone group and they would sit together as delegations. And uh, Homer Rodeheaver was his song leader and he would come up with these songs that fit that person delegation. Oh, did he?
0: Okay. Um,
1: But then people would be anticipating that first night and no one knew when it was gonna happen. And so when that first night came and a public invitation was given, people would just pour out and come back. Wonderful.
0: All right, let's fast forward to today. When you were little, when I was little, the Presbyterian Church, the Lutheran Church, the Methodist Church, the Episcopal Church, they would all agree that you need Christ to be saved. Now we have whole denominations that have gone into the universalism heresy right. that everybody's going to heaven, God is love, there's no hell. Uh, you know, abortion rights, gay rights. Yep, yep. Uh, what do we do today to bring revival? Have you got any thoughts on this? What do we do? America has never yep. been in this situation.
1: I think we need to go back to expository preaching. All right, I think well, we explain need to, what that okay. is. Expository preaching takes a portion of scripture Uh, a pericope, we sometimes call it a paragraph, from scripture, Uh uh, develops the theme of that set of verses and brings its outline in line with that theme from the scripture itself. There you go. Um, A lot of people use topical preaching. Mm -hmm. And the problem with topical preaching, though it can be very biblical, topical preaching can go almost any direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. I, I heard an evangelist one mm-hmm. time preach from Acts 27 on the uh, four anchors that were thrown out of the stern as they were in a shipwreck. In, in the shipwreck. Yep. He said these four anchors, and then he be, he went ahead and, and told us what the four anchors were. Yeah. Uh, they making were things it up, like, just yeah, making it symbolism. Like prayer, <laughs> yeah, Bible reading, yeah. church attendance, yeah. witnessing. Yeah. They could have been anything. Yeah. They could have been riding your bicycle. Right. They could have been brushing your teeth. Yeah. That's the problem with topical preaching.
0: Right. You can make if problem. I I agree. Problem with topical preaching is you normally ride your own pony that you like the best. <laughs> right? You riding your pet right. pony. So if you if you're preaching through the Gospel of Mark, verse by verse, you have to hit everything. Yeah. You can't just always go That's to right. your favorite topic. Right. Uh, it's you, you know with. I have a friend who was going to a liberal Lutheran church who regularly heard the preacher preach against the evils of white supremacy, but he basically told me, we never hear salvation. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I think only the second coming is gonna cure what's going on in the church today. Do you see any signs of revival in America? Not very many. I don't either. No, I really don't. Especially coming through COVID, you'd think some people would get on their knees before Mm -hmm. the Lord. I don't see much of that going on.
1: When 9-11
0: happened, there was a
1: resurgence. I saw that. For a short time. For a short time there was. was, I haven't seen a resurgence
0: during COVID, have you? I haven't, no. no. So we need to pray for America. Um, What about, uh, let's get back to the need for biblical preaching. Um, You know, Robert, one of my pet peeves is, I know it's not my job or the church's job to entertain people. Mm It's also not our job to bore people. And when I was watching Family Feud and they asked, name a boring place, and the number one answer was church, that breaks my heart. Yes. And so when I go to a church and the sermon is so boring, you just want to head for the hills. I, I had a woman say, What do I, I'm, I'm, I, our pastor loves the Lord, he's biblical, but he's so, her point was, he's so boring. Yeah. What suggestions do you have? I mean, are, are, pap- are people going into the ministry that shouldn't be preachers? What's going on?
1: I'm not sure that they're going into the ministry and shouldn't be preachers. I think there's a tendency to, in seminary particularly, focus on the learning of Scripture, the content of Scripture, but most seminaries don't provide a lot of instruction in delivery. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to get back to that place where we emphasize delivery yeah. and make it a valuable part of the yeah. whole yeah. whole preaching
0: scheme. I agree. I mean, I'm a Lutheran, and I have visited the churches in my neighborhood. There are two powerful preachers. Uh, they're Baptist types. <laughs> <laughs> and I found a good Lutheran preacher, and I go to his church. but. Mm-hmm. Wow, I heard a lot of boring churches before I I settled in on the right one. Is there a, if somebody watching this and their pastor needs help, how do you improve on preaching? What do you, what do you do with this?
1: Uh, well, I'd suggest first of all that they take a good course in public speaking.
0: Okay, and which you um, do at that's, University that's of Northwestern. I teach at the that's University of Northwestern. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: other than that, there are some systems out there where people will actually. Uh, listen to your sermon and critique you and most people don't like to have Mm -hmm. that happen Mm -hmm. but I think if you're really boring you need to do something you do in order to improve
0: yeah and I I'm gonna throw this out I I've heard I mean sometimes I'll go and I'll hear a tremendous preacher and I'll go up to him afterwards and I say you have the gift but other times it's really boring sermons. And I just wonder if before people become pastors for life, if they should ask people, what do you think my spiritual gift is? Because some of this stuff, I don't know if you can teach it. Would you agree with that?
1: Well, I think that's a good idea. I think we certainly need to analyze um, potential preachers, but I, I'm personally convinced that most of that can be
0: taught. Okay. So, even if you're a boring preacher, you can learn, you this. Can learn this. You can yes. learn this. And you learn it by going to the University of Northwestern and that's taking one, your class that's in public one speaking. Way. Yes. Or there are some, I mean, there are, what is his name? Ken Hunter? There's some preaching seminar you right. can go to. Right. And, and you can do that. But I, I, the, I'll tell you why I left a certain church. I found a, a church that I liked, I went regularly, they got a new preacher. Um, I just think he got up and talked. i didn't have the impression he prepared anything. I just think he got up and talked and after a number of Sundays, I thought I can't go here anymore yeah. and you know I, do you remember have you ever heard of the Toronto revival? Yes, okay, I went there once for like three nights. The music was powerful, wonderful uh, worship and then we had the same preacher for like four nights. I mean, the sermon was all over the place you didn't know what this guy was saying and one night he said quote you know i used to prepare my sermons mm. now i just let the holy spirit speak and i'm thinking could you go back to preparing your sermons like the holy spirit can't work through preparation exactly yeah. <laughs> i i've
1: said that for years to my classes in homiletics the holy spirit can prepare in your study just as much as amen. you can when you're in the ball sunday morning amen and preparation is so necessary <laughs> yeah uh, one of the things I learned in seminary that has really helped me, when I look at a passage of Scripture, uh, I ask the open-ended question, this means that, and then I answer that. Mm-hmm. And I make sure that I answer it for every phrase in the passage, mm-hmm. so that when I'm preaching, I'm saying what God says. I'm saying what the Scripture says, Not what rather I than say. what I think.
0: Amen. And you know, I had a preacher give me a suggestion, and I do this regularly, And I and if if somebody is watching this and maybe you're a preacher, or you can gently, humbly give your preacher a suggestion. The suggestion I got was at the end of every sermon, I don't do it every sermon, but I do it a lot. At the end of every sermon, give them homework. Mm-hmm. All right, You've just heard about the, uh, the, the Last Supper and Holy Communion. My homework for you is take communion as much as you can in the next three months, or uh, maybe your sermon was on uh, evangelism. My homework is between today and next Sunday, talk to one person about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. often you hear a sermon, but then you go home and you don't do anything.
1: Oh, I I wrote a series of devotional books called Dare to Walk on Water. And in one of those, uh, I address what, what I call creative Christianity. Taking the principles of scripture that we know and understand and applying them to real life. So examples like uh, if you believe that the Bible teaches that we should not uh, support abortion on demand, what are you going to do about that? There you go. And I give a five or six different suggestions about things that could be done. Everything from buying a billboard and putting up a picture of a, of a fetus and saying this person might have solved the problem of cancer. Amen. But was aborted you know a whole list of things yeah there's 52 different lessons in this book Mm -hmm. about practical ways Mm -hmm. that you can apply what you know and 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 i
0: would say to the preachers at least do this for the next seven sermons end your sermon with something for people to do good i mean i'll tell you from what from what we're talking about can i give you all homework out there (laughs) for the next seven days don't even pray for america Pray for the church, because he said revivalism is aimed at the church. Pray for the next seven days, God, would you please bring repentance and revival to the church, the churches that have have become the world, that have become pro-abortion, pro-LGBT. Pray the churches that have, just pray for the church. And you know, my prayer for the church, because I used to be an ELCA Lutheran, fought for many years to turn that denomination around, and finally left. My prayer is, Lord, turn these erring denominations around. Get them back to your word. But to be honest, I don't see any sign of that. They're not getting better. They're getting worse. So then you know my second prayer, and Lord, if they're not going to repent, may they shrink and die, and may the people in them join a good church. That's my prayer yes and and so i want to ask you to do that would you do this for your homework the next seven days pray god bring revival and repentance to the church just pray for the church for the next seven days because once the church gets revived then it will affect the culture all right so um now you were a baptist pastor for a long long time Well,
1: between teaching and preaching, I've had about 50 years in the ministry.
0: Okay. We're gonna just show people, if you want to uh, get Robert's book on Billy Sunday, there's two of them. One is called Home Run to Heaven, Billy Sunday by Robert Allen. The other is called Sunday in New York, so new it's not even printed yet. How do they get these books?
1: All right, the first one is available through Mott Media. How or do you spell that? M O T T.
0: Mott Media. Just Google or that. Or through Amazon. They or can get through it on Amazon. Amazon.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. The other one is available through Crosslink Cross, Publishers. Crosslink.
0: It's just and Sunday it, in New
1: York. Sunday in New York, and it will not be available widespread. Catalog, gamut design until October 1st. Okay, but I do have copies myself that okay. I can make available to All folks. All right, so
0: we're going to put the, his name the up there. On the yep, Robert yeah. Allen, P.O. 28342, Minneapolis, 55428 and so that is for Robert uh, if you are interested in his book. If you're a boring preacher and you need to take a class in public speaking, (laughs) Robert is doing that at the University of Northwestern in St. Paul, Minnesota, but people all over the country are are watching this show. Anything good online that you know of where people can improve their preaching? I
1: don't know. You don't know,
0: okay. Well, listen, uh, Robert, we got about two minutes Would you mind closing us in prayer, and then I'll talk for another minute, but would you pray for revival in American churches just now?
1: Our Father, we approach you because you've told us that we can do that gladly, freely, and with grace. Mm -hmm. We thank you for all that you have done in providing Jesus Christ as our Savior. We thank you for establishing the church, and Lord, today we pray for the church. We ask for revival. Yes, we Lord. ask that you will lead in the lives of mm-hmm. pastors, it's of prayer. lay people, of uh, deacons, of all those who are involved in churches all over our country, that they will get back to the scriptures, mm-hmm. back to the Bible, and understand and do what they understand from scripture. Mm-hmm. We pray that you will revive the church yes, Lord. and lead us back to you yes. as your people. We pray these things in thy name. Amen. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. Well, thank you, Robert. Yes, sir. God bless thank you. you. Thanks so much for all you do. And, and everybody, just want to close with saying thank you. We have uh, now had enough donations that we are on three national networks and we're on various cities on uh, buying local time, too. Uh, we are a very frugal uh, uh, operation, very shoestring. Everybody's a volunteer. The only person that gets paid is me, and it's pretty meager, to be honest, but that's fine. We're doing this as a labor of love because we want the church to get back to the scriptures. So if God nudges you to support us, you'll see an address. Uh, you can also support us online or you can see an address to send something in. But pray for us, thank you. We get many letters now of people that, that watch our show. That you know, And we're pretty blunt we almost get no hate mail. We get some, but it's mostly people (laughs) saying, I wish our pastor would take a stand. So God bless you. See you next time at the pastor's study. Thank you for watching the pastor's study. You can watch more of our program at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the good news of Jesus Christ because of the generous support you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org or write the pastor study PO box 41294 Minneapolis Minnesota 55441 may the blessings of our one triune god father son and holy spirit be with you now and forever